Hello everybody, it's just Em here. Um, to let you know, this episode was also recorded remotely, so you might hear some background noise, a bit of traffic, some birds, a few creaks, and if you listen super carefully, you might even hear Helen's baby. Love joy, actually. <laughs> Right, sorry, I was fannying about. So, I'm ready. Let's do it. Right, I am ready too. Well, welcome to Lovejoy, actually. I'm Helen. (laughs) I always talk over everyone, I'm Em. Sorry, both of you. (laughs) She just spoke over me. I'm Paul. (laughs) So, we're talking about Series 5, Episode 3, A Going Concern. Um, Shall I start off with the UK TV play summary to give us some context? So, the the general description of the series... More sales and scams with the cheeky wheeler dealer. Hmm. Hmm. I, mean, I wouldn't really call him a wheeler dealer. That's a bit more Del Boy. He's isn't not it? really. I was going to say it makes him sound like Del Boy, mm. which is a bit but, unfair on both of them, really, yeah. isn't it? Uh, there you go. Lovejoy house sits in Felsham Hall in Lady Jane's absence and decides to use the place to flog some antiques. Fair enough. Fairly. I mean, it, it is true. It is. It's a uh, very descriptive. This episode is by Jewel Writers again. Oh, Steve Coombs and Dave Robinson. I thought that was the name of a writer for a minute. Jewel. <laughs> Jewel. Jewel. Writer. My name's Jewel, Jewel Writers. A bit of nominative determinism. They're like, who oh, watched yeah. for a job? My name's Jewel Writers. <laughs> it's by uh, yeah, Steve Steve Coombs and Dave Robinson, both of whom have written for it before. Have they written as a pair? I can't remember. I'm sure we have had some that have been as a pair, so I think they might have done. I don't know. I don't remember that, but that doesn't mean anything because I don't remember anything. And also, I um, I was having all I'll sorts of up. issues watching this this morning, so I didn't see the beginning credits because it just kept freezing, so I didn't know it was by um, written, you know, in a partnership or possibly written by one person and then heavily edited by another or however they did it. Um, I thought it was very consistent if that... Yeah, it was really... They have done it before. They've done The Colour of Money. I knew that they'd oh, done... So they seem to be quite before. good on Charlie Heavy episodes they tend to do, I think. Mm. Um, although this wasn't actually hugely Charlie Heavy. It wasn't. It's have... quite significant, but we will uh, come to that. Yeah. And, um, they also... You, need, you ought to know this. They wrote Eric of Arabia. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Isn't it? I wonder if... I wonder who they are. We should find I'll out. Look them up later. I wonder if they're pen names. Anyway, what did we? I mean, I don't know how where to start. This is a very significant episode, as was the last one. It's far too much drama, isn't there? For at the moment, it's all it's all far too emotional. I'm going to say early so, on, though, although it was a significant episode, I suppose like we know that now. But if you're watching at the time, you wouldn't mm. know. Well, it was significant anyway, in that it was the first one that Lady Jane yes. wasn't in. And I think they did. Do you know? I think they made it clear that it was significant. Yeah, they that's had true. At the very, end. The very, very end. That's true. And you go, oh, this is this is the next one. Then when oh, with the... I had a full sob in the middle of this one. Which and even though I knew what was going to happen was going to happen, I still was. We're like, being we're being very um, cryptic. So this is the episode that we meet Charlotte Cavendish, who becomes very significant. A very different character yeah. going forward. 
Um, Charlotte Cavendish, played by Car- the lovely Caroline Langrish. I'd forgotten how absolutely bloody gorgeous she was. Yeah. And glamorous she was. I used to, as a, as a sort of 12 year old, I wanted to be Charlotte Cavendish. Now I cringe because she's actually just comes across as a bit snooty and whatever. Oh, I, I don't thought, think she yeah. is. I think they painted her in a really interesting way. I think they did such a good nuanced job in this. Yeah. I she, agree. she has style. She did, and it's really hard to introduce a new character. It often takes a bit of getting going, and by the end of this episode, I felt that we already knew Charlotte. Yeah, so I actually thought, like, although, yeah, like you said, it's another, another significant episode, I think I slightly preferred this one. I felt that, you know, we were talking last time about how there was, like, the plot and then Jane leaving, and they seemed a bit not that related, whereas here, the plot and it was the way of introducing yes. Charlotte. So actually, I, I really I enjoyed it was that. Intrinsic so I actually enjoyed this I did episode as well. a lot more. Um, I thought it was great. I'm going to say that straight off the bat yeah, because I know really I reckon this is going to divide our Twitterati because um, I know there's there's a lot of people who are just not going to like Charlotte because they're so loyal to, to Jane. Lady Jane. Yeah. But we've got to remember, Lady Jane left of her own accord. It's not that Lovejoy's just gone off and yeah, you know, yeah. she left him. She's gone off to find herself in and you know have a gap in year or whatever the she's doing. Wherever. I mean, States, if you could, like you, do. you would, wouldn't you? If you could, you would. I, I would. Um, and you know, so so Lovejoy is doing what she's doing and moving on. But I thought it was written, as Helen said, in such I, I thought it was absolutely smashing writing because yeah. it tied. There was nothing irrelevant, and the last one felt like he'd thought of two plots and thrown them together and not linked mm. them up. Yeah, to me, I really liked it. So we we start off with a bit, a great bit of fourth wall breakage about Lovejoy oh, yes. explaining that basically that yeah, what it said in the blurb, he's house sitting just until the auction. The auction, so the house is going to be auctioned off next week. And he's um so he's, he's sort of house sitting, but he's also kind of performing Close a role, a bit of an estate agent role of like showing the potential buyers around, and he's getting annoyed because they're all just grunting at stuff and not being impressed with the beautiful house and the beautiful furniture. Also, how did Lovejoy pronounce Rococo in that piece? It went Rococo. Yeah, Rococo. there were a couple Is of bits t- where I was like, "Oh my god, I've Is been mispronouncing that my whole life." I did, and I was have. like, "Maybe McShane's never heard that word out loud." Yeah, he just was like Rococo. So basically, they're they're doing a, a, what they call a value added scam. Now there yes. were two explanations given for why it's called a value added scam. And I wasn't sure which was the real one and which was a joke. So basically, it's a, avoiding VAT value oh. added, but also um, the fact of so what they're doing is showing antiques in Felsham Hall and so the fact that it's in Felsham Hall adds value because people see it in that setting so they automatically kind of see it as being more desirable so that's the scam and there's a bit of an indication later on isn't there that just being in the hall gives it provenance so maybe you don't need the provenance documents because yeah you can allegedly just say, oh, it's, it's been there for it's been in Felsham Hall so since 1750 or whatever yeah, yeah. Mm. So they, they're getting all their mates to come and bring their stuff to show, like a showroom, basically, in Felsham Hall. And um, that's the scam. So that's what they're mm. up to. And it's to avoid VAT. But basically, Eric makes a comment like, but Lovejoy doesn't pay VAT anyway. <laughs> yeah. And Eric is really cross that Jane has gone and kind yes. of blames Lovejoy. And is like, you should have spoken to her, you should have said I something. Thought that was... And I was like... He okay. did try as well. I thought yeah. that was really unfair. Lacking and actually, empathy you know, on Eric's yes. part, I thought. I think it was because also, you know, Lovejoy, I know it was a bit daft, but he sort of did show his commitment by going and skulking around the house and then going and catching her up. And yeah, it's not that he, he didn't tried try. And tried. He, he tr- really, you know, he, he respected her enough to let her make her own decision. The, I, so the, 
they're showing this stuff and the, the buyers that are coming to look at the stuff obviously think that it belongs to the hall i mean i don't know how they could it looks like a junk shop but yeah anyway. i mean it looks ridiculous and tink is pretending to be lord felsham lord felsham so. which reminded me of his turn as lord didsbury I yeah. Mean, <laughs> yeah tink is very good tink, he is good, tink is good at, at that, being so he's, that's working out quite well do you think he comes from aristocracy originally we don't know much about tinker's actual background do we we never really find out all we know is that he was in the military mm. and that he wasn't a major mm. yeah he was a corporal interesting lance corporal so and then meanwhile lovejoy showing around another buyer and actually calling him out on his grunting he's like why are you just grunting at everything <laughs> and he's like well like he's like don't you like any of this stuff he's like no i like attics which obviously is really weird but it just turns out that the reason he likes attics is because he runs a loft conversion company. I was like, that's a, that's a very neat way to get Lovejoy up to the attic again, isn't yes. it? Yes. They have a man in so they go who, who literally attic. has to see the loft conversion because he is a loft converter. And at this point, I was like, <laughs> this makes no sense. They're, they're trying to pretend that they own it and live there and show furniture as if they live there at the same time as showing buyers around. How is this going to work? And obviously it turns out it doesn't really work. So, yeah. But at this point, no. I was like... Like, because I'm surely if you were a buyer looking around, why why two of the rooms appear to be a junk shop showroom while you're being shown around? It, yeah, but like I say, yeah. it, it it doesn't really work. So, but I did love his thing about grunting, and actually they kept this as a very funny theme throughout of all the kind of people who are buying the house yeah. and Lovejoy feels like he's got a vested interest in not wanting somebody because they have that and I know it's a bit later but they have that wonderful American who wanted to buy it looked very promising he described himself as a farm boy from Wyoming and then they seemed to have quite a lot in common until he said he wanted to oh what was it what was it he said oh you're not going to take it over to the US and he said no I'm going to basically bring my ranch over here is that what he said yeah and he just wanted the facade so the implication being that he'd he'd like knock down the rest of it I mean he wouldn't be allowed to do that anyway so it was he wouldn't so you know but it was quite funny well and yeah and the loft converter wants to do kind of all of his thing so yeah they get up to the attic which has already been converted but obviously not recently and then so the the loft converter guy is going like oh call this a dormer window and all this stuff um, but then obviously it's a well like you say um, it's just a very neat way of getting him up to the attic and that's where he finds the note from Jay oh. so remember she said she's left him a note can I just say it's at this so point it, it, the, the shot goes in on the note that Jane has left is this where you cried this then? is where I cried but it was before sad. I cried I thought that it said don't forget me love Dave I'll send you the picture <laughs> that I took because I was like who's Dave and then like literally like one second Jane. later I was like oh it's Jane <laughs> Oh, and it's a, it's a short because I was imagining a note like explain you know kind of pouring out her deepest things that she couldn't say mm. to him face to face. No, it just says because basically it's a note and a case of champagne. And it just says, "I knew you'd find this eventually. Don't forget me." Oh, oh, the, the days before social lot. media, right? A lot of ref- of references to champagne in the attic. And yeah. I did I did cry here because this is where the flashback is, isn't it? Yeah, he has a flashback to that great scene, uh, uh, which we obviously loved at the time, Champagne in the Attic. With Jane, when he first meets her, and Alexander says, what are you doing? And she's in the attic with a total stranger. And drinking and, champagne and it really, It really stranger. moved me, that flashback, because it just made me think about, you never know, do you, when you're first meeting somebody, whether or not they're going to be significant in your life. Like you could meet someone, have an amazing connection with them for an evening that you're in the pub, and then literally you never see them ever again. 
or you could meet someone and they're just on the periphery for ages and they become like this incredibly important character in your life and it was just so poignant I was like oh god and also did we note sorry I know we've sort of moved on I think from this bit but did we note Eric's latest job title that he's just well, given I've let's him let's calls himself interior design consultant. interior design consultant because Camilla Alfreston turns up so oh, Lovejoy's yes. up in the attic Camilla Alfreston has arrived at Felsham she introduces herself and kind of and Eric introduces himself and says oh I'm the interior design consultant for Felsham Interiors that's it and I'm like good for you another job title <laughs> so proud another job title that makes no sense uh, I th- you see they set this up nicely because they set it up as though she might be a love interest yeah and then she wasn't she's here to she's showing a commode is that right well he's showing no Tinker's showing her a comm- or not. I got very confused because she says I'm here to look at a commode yeah but really she'd brought it hadn't but she but she brought it was very a bit confusing in that bit I wasn't- had she sort of brought it for um, valuation yeah. But she says at the beginning Maybe. when she first arrived, she's like, I'm here to look at a commode. Which, which really, she isn't. They're here to look at her commode. I also got confused by the fact that they said commode translated as a useful piece of furniture. And I was like, I thought it was a wardrobe. I'll wait for Helen. So it commode. literally means convenient. Yeah. Convenience. Yeah. So it just means, like, useful, kind of. So anyone is playing Lovejoy Actually Bingo, if that's still a thing, <laughs> and have linguistics, linguistics yeah, take it off. Yeah, so it just means it's kind of useful. So it's a useful... So it's kind of like... It's actually like a kind of sideboard, isn't it? And I definitely called it, because looking at my notes here, I've written, she seems a bit dodge. Anyway, it's a reproduction. So Yeah, so it's a reproduction that... She, and basically, she says, I make these reproductions, so will you sell them for me? And Eric's like, oh, no, we've got enough actual antiques. But Lovejoy's like, just sees money, I guess, sees yeah. pound signs. And it's like... Yeah, sure, sale or return, we get 20%. Yeah, fine, bring them, whatever. Oh, and at this point, we... So this is... What's her name again? Camilla Alfreston, that's how she's introduced herself. Then there's a um, a cutscene to a very shouty man. Another country house. um, Who um, is... He's shouting down the phone and his mother-in-law is there. And she's a little bit dotty. And she's played by Patricia Hayes. Mrs. Cravat in in Tony Hancock, and I I need to do a corrections corner really quickly. Ages ago in the podcast, I went on about Tony Hancock's film and called it The Artist. It's not called The Artist. It's called The Rebel. And then I thought, this is a good segue. I can put it in there because Mrs. Cravat's in The Rebel, but no, in The Rebel, she's played by Irene Handel, so I totally give up. Well, but, you (laughs) see, this is a little bit niche. Patricia Hayes, have you guys seen A Fish Called Wanda? Yeah. Mm. She is... The woman with the three dogs that that <gasps> Michael Palin just kills off accidentally one by one. Uh, she definitely has a good line in old lady, doesn't she? Yeah, she does have a good line in old, old lady. lady. She plays an angry, like mad old lady in that as well. So she's sort of doddering around, and he's getting very frustrated with her. Um, and she, and we learn that she's Lady Alfreston. So th- this yeah. doddery old lady is Lady Alfreston. So we're like, oh um, right, and he's talking about Camilla. So okay, we get it. So, that like, she's the wife, yeah. she's out, you know, cause, and he's chatting on the phone because basically he owes money to bookies and he needs money. That's what we, that's what we gather. So not to pay, not to pay death duties lady. for once because of his gambling habit. Um, but yeah, it's quite interesting, like, going, going back to the commodes, it's quite interesting how they kind of figure out that they're reproductions because basically they're saying it like, it's, they think maybe it would have been ebony originally that's kind of faded um, to brown, obviously from black. But the reason they figure out or love to realise that reproduction is because it's got brown marble tops. They were like, well, 
but the top matches the base. So that's, that's Charlotte's first ever line in Lovejoy. Is it? The top matches the base. The top matches the, top matches the base. Yeah, so, yeah, so basically it's because they're both brown and it wouldn't have been made like that originally because you wouldn't have put a brown top on a what was originally black mm. piece of furniture. So it's quite interesting all of that and they're talking also about like what it's made of and how you can tell and basically setting fire to bits of it to see if it smells a certain way. And... What I like about the fact that the very first time we meet Charlotte she is effectively showing her worth and her skill and that she's a worthy adversary or companion, all of these things, because she knows her stuff. She does. Effortlessly knows her stuff. She's very clever. So, yeah, because Charlie Gimbert's turned up, obviously, to look at all this stuff that's in Felsham Hall, and Lovejoy is showing him the commode, and Charlie's, like, not spotting that it's a reproduction, because, you know, we know he's not... He knows some stuff, but he's not that. One of her next lines, which is wonderful, and it's an accidental bit of, Misogyny of the week um, is that was a very bad attempt at that. Wasn't it's because it? we're not drinking. Um, That's why. Cause we're, we're, it's I know, the day. We don't mid-day. often record in daytime, do we? I was just I thinking know. that earlier. Uh-huh. When uh, uh, Lovejoy looks at her and says, "Well, it says Cavendish and Son. Where's the son?" She goes, "I'm the daughter." Yeah, yeah. And I thought, "Good for you." Yeah. Liv. Although it's a bit <laughs> weird that he called it Cavendish and Son when there was. But then, do you ever have anything called? so-and-so and daughter. You see it sometimes, don't you? Like, I have seen it, but yeah. Camilla Alfreston drives away. She's talking on the phone. It sounds a bit dodgy. She says something like, oh, they've definitely fallen for it. She's on the car phone, <laughs> Brick, saying, uh, saying like, she drives away saying, oh, yes, he fell for it, hook, line and sinker. So you're like, oh, what's going on? Like, because she's told them that, it's not like she's gone, oh, I've scammed him with my reproductions. Yeah. Because they know they're reproductions. I was like, what? What's going on? Like he's same. gonna sell stuff for me. It's like, well, yeah, that's what he does. Like I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit like, well, it was. Yeah, of course they've fallen for it. You asked them to sell the stuff. Eric didn't want to. I didn't know whether it was tied into Eric just not wanting to do it for some reason. But it, yeah, it turns out, listener, it wasn't that at all. So then we meet. Yeah. So we. So Charlotte comes in. She spots that it's a reproduction. Charlie Gimbert doesn't because he's Charlie Gimbert. <laughs> and um, so she's there, obviously, to. She's so she's Charlotte Cavendish. So she's the daughter of Sam Cavendish, the auctioneer, who's now retired, and who we do meet later in the series Ooh. a few times. That's good. And he's played by David Ryle, who was in Outnumbered. Oh, there you go. I mean, that's thank you. Not of relevance to anything. I just thought I would show off. <laughs> well, it's, it's quite interesting that Lovejoy's obviously got had this relationship with Sam Cavendish, where quite there's a bit of an understanding of between yeah. them. And now Charlotte is he'll do the anything new... for whiskey. He says, yeah, Charlotte's drawn her boundaries quite firmly. It seems to me right at the beginning of who she is and how she operates. Exactly, because she's there, like valuing all these antiques that are in there, going, "Well, they're in the house. They're part of the house, you know." And he's like, well, "No, they're not." And she's like, he's like, your dad wouldn't have minded, basically. And she's like, well, I do mind. Yeah. And so they, she's like, get this stuff out of it. And then she sees Tink and she goes, who's this? Bo Brummel. <laughs> <laughs> she's just very, like, spiky. Yeah. Yeah. But she comes, it's in, I think she's just drawn beautifully because at the beginning you think, oh, God, what an awful yeah. woman. Or I, you know, you think, okay, she's being assertive, but what a cat. She's rude. And she's not yeah. at all. And you, re- yeah, she's, but actually... You know the bit that I love that really sums up Charlotte, and it comes not long after this bit, um, is when Lovejoy walks in on her and she's practising her auction. You know, she's going, you know, can I see 5,000? Can I see 5,000? Sold, you know, going once, going twice. And she's she's practising. And I think it's that thing of lacking confidence. And I wonder if she feels, because she is the daughter and not the son, 
and does she feel a huge amount of pressure yeah. to succeed? Yeah. And you know, you know what I mean. And I think that paints paints her in a. She was so nuanced. I thought it was so good this episode. And also, she might have said that already. also because she is so accomplished. Like she studied at Christie's and she went to work at Sotheby's in New York. And yeah, she got Oxford degree, Cambridge, Cambridge first. Yeah. So like you know, she's very accomplished. But again, that itself comes with a lot of expectations. Yeah, that and you then sort of you. ask yourself why? Is, why is she? What? Um, oh, there's a word for it, isn't there? And I can't think what it is. You know, when you imposter syndrome. No, it's when you kind of try to overcompensate for something that you perceive as a lack. So she's trying to overcompensate for her lack of penis. Yeah, I think there is a level of of imposter syndrome because she is in a very male world Mm. and quite a chauvinistic world, as we've played on a lot in this podcast. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, she probably feels a huge pressure and maybe anxiety about it. So, um... Just before we go to the Cavendish and Son, the auction house, Eric basically is insisting, he's like, we don't want any more of these reproductions. There's just too many of them. I'm just, you know, we haven't got space. They're not as good as the real antiques. Basically, um, Lovejoy insists that they keep them. And then Camilla sort of invites herself to dinner with him. Yeah. It was really She's like, oh, I haven't got any plans for dinner. And they're like, yeah. well, it's not even lunchtime yet. She's like, well, I still don't oh, have yes. any plans for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> that was slightly and it was bizarre, probably the first it? time we've seen a woman propositioning Lovejoy rather than him, sort of. She is, she is quite pretty. She's a pretty lady. She had a good and shirt then... on as well. It was very nice. Too. Well, she's blonde. I mean, she, she's the, a sort of cliche <laughs> in that she, she's using what she has because she knows what she can get from Exactly. It. So, yeah, so Lovejoy goes to Cavendish and Sons. They make she, he does chat with the secretary and they sort of this is where you get the sense of what Sam Cavendish is like. They call him 0077. No, oh, yes. And like, there were a lot of I'll let you there were a lot of references because I didn't get this scene either. Uh, there were a lot of references to James Bond, by the way. Did you get the Rosa Klebb reference? No, I didn't. I must have where t- Tinker describes because Charlotte has come across as so prickly and calls her Rosa Klebb, oh, which is I... there's a the baddie uh, in from Russia with Love, the Russian. <laughs> there's this Russian oh. lesbian who I think is who they they sort of base Frau on in um, Austin Powers. Well, they must be. Um... James Bond fans and these writers because we get 0077 so. as well, don't we? That's what I was about yeah, to say. Maybe they've, they've got, got like a little bet with two. themselves, like how many James Bonds. Maybe they were trying to sneak it in. Yeah. <laughs> little writer's joke. Oh, I bet you can't get I bet I can. Yeah. Anyway, I interrupted Helen no, saying something. No, pertinent. no, I was Sorry, just saying he goes to Cavendish and Sons with a peace offering for Charlotte, which is a bottle of the champagne that Jane gave him, so he hasn't even bothered. But she, <laughs> she points this out because he says, oh... Yeah, it's champagne. My friend gave it to me. She's like, oh, second-hand gift, is it? <laughs> but yeah, she, he goes in and she's rehearsing, like, practising. I mean, it's quite interesting because I thought, yeah, partly it could be confidence, but also there was a, she gave a very practical reason, which was she was, like, testing the acoustics, so she had a mic. So, you know, it could have just been, like... They obviously were as well, like, testing the equipment. She's totally not testing the acoustics. I know, I know, but, like... And then so they talk about maybe they're going to pipe in music while um, oh, the yeah. they're sort of practising that. She's very popular in New York. Yeah, she's got ambitions for the business. She wants to kind of just expand it and grow it and stuff. She's like, yeah, that's what we kind of get from that, isn't it? Basically, so he goes there with this piece offering a champagne, which he's like, it's not even a piece of, you know, you can't even be bothered to buy me something. Yeah. So it says sorry for, well, I don't know what he's saying. I guess he's saying sorry for having all the furniture there, but he's still put some furniture back there so I don't know <laughs> he's not really sorry um sorry for getting off on a bad foot I guess but then he just kind of like he gives her the champagne and then he just kind of like starts poking around her office it's quite rude oh yeah like, like she's that. just standing there like rather than just going by there you know she's like he sort of starts like just going around and she's like 
what you're doing. Like, isn't he's a bit entitled, yeah. and there is a bit there is a bit here where you think you are actually just an entitled man. And I thought because... well, exactly, I did think the, the sex thing did come into it for me. I thought like, would you do this? It as a totally man? did. They basically don't like a strong woman mm. because he says, like, oh, I liked Sam, the guy who would do anything for whiskey. Oh, I had an agreement with Sam, or Sam would turn a blind eye to all this. And he's basically saying, I don't like an efficient and professional you know, person. strong woman. Yeah. Professional woman. <laughs> and the fact that they give her that nickname, I mean, you know, Rosa Klebb is this lesbian baddie. Mm. And you think, actually, particularly even at the time, because this was, what, 1993? Yeah, everybody would have known what that was shorthand for, like, immediately, wouldn't they? That's pretty vile, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah, I think poor Charlotte. And then, like, you know, he basically goes and look, goes to her fax fax machine. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Remember that. He's like, you've got a fax. She's like, he, like, reads her fax. It's so rude. Like, he doesn't read someone's email. Especially he's gone there supposedly to make up with her to apologise for being a bit of a dick and then he just goes in there and is a dick. It's like he's asserting his authority. I was here first. I know how things work Mm. around here. He's just horrid, actually. This is really horrible. She's got a fax from Jonathan. I didn't actually read it because I missed it when it came up on the screen and I couldn't be bothered to rewind it because I... I didn't. I didn't write it down. It just says something like, "I miss." It must because he references it later. Like, "I miss you madly." So basically, it's yes. from a love interest. <laughs> yes. Sending that as a fax to someone's office. <laughs> That's really tickled me. I love that by fax. Just oh, to like prints out as the cleaners stood romantic. in front of the fax machine. Like, I'll fax you. Huh? Do you think anyone's ever proposed by fax? Oh, I'm sure. They oh, did. I'm sure. I, I bet they have. Yes. Pound, South Africa, Candice. Oh yeah, I remember you saying yeah. actually. I think you said about that. Mm, I mean, faxes were quite. They just seemed quite magical at the time. But, so yeah. Um, so it's a bit weird. So he's sort of just like, oh, who's Jonathan? Like, you know. And then yeah, they have this weird. It always becomes him, a bit weirdly it? flirty at this point, though. He's like, oh, when will I have the opportunity to miss you madly? <laughs> and then when he goes, a minute ago, off, he was crying in the bloody. Oh no, I was crying. He wasn't crying in the attic about Jane. He did do a very sad face, though. He did a very sad Aww. face. But yeah. he's good at sad faces, isn't he? That's quite a. It's quite a skill. And of he his. wasn't doing the sad face to anybody apart from us. Um, obviously, we're not real to Lovejoy, if that makes sense. Well, he, he wasn't to doing us. the sad face to another character for a reason. To us. He was. Um, he, he genuinely does. was sad, but now no, he was he, apparently he's propositioning. Well, he's kind of yeah. It's, it was a bit of a weird. And then when she, he goes off, she sort of has a little grin to herself, as if like she's enjoyed that encounter. And it was well, actually he's really sexy, though, isn't he? Like I say, she's a worthy adversary, and they do end up bouncing. This is why they get on. They end up bouncing off each other beautifully. And also, like, who hasn't had a fax from somebody saying how much they miss you and they messed up and they're an arsehole and can they have another chance and just been like, well, no, and then been delighted by the arrival of somebody else? Well, it's not clear that he he has been ditched um, because... Jonathan. Yeah, because she's with someone in a later scene and it's in a couple of scenes time but before that we have to kind of get back to Camilla's husband who we later find out it's called Jeffrey Jeffrey and he's at um, Alfriston Hall with the with, with the mother-in-law who is yeah. I think that so they try that basically she's portrayed as kind of you know a forgetful old lady sort of early signs of well, they call it senility here but I mm. guess dementia and um it's done really well in terms of how she forgets things because she's not just completely you know, lost it. She's got moments of lucidity and then it's just really well done, the dialogue with her, isn't it? Where she, when she is kind of, you know, confused, basically. Mm. But essentially, anyway, we know, we can, we find out that the 
husband's trying to get rid of her and put her in an old people's home and he makes a comment like I wonder if they have old people's homes in the Orkneys and I just, like he really, yeah, trying to really get rid of dislikes her. and showing you all the been... house oh, that sorry. he feels it, we're going back to entitled don't we Je- Jeffrey feels like this is my house now I'm married to Camilla I live here it's her, even though it's very clearly still Lady Alfreston's house mm. she is the lady of the house still so yeah so he's trying to get rid of her and then we have a love joy getting back to Felsham Hall, which he's, um, you know, which he's promised to Charlotte that he'll clear out, but he hasn't. And there's two yeah. blokes from Customs and Excise, more, <laughs> oh, yes. more tax people. We like them. They're, they're like, oh, we've had an anonymous tax people. Yeah, we've had an anonymous tip off. You know that you're doing a scam here, and so he pretends not to be Lovejoy. He's like, oh, is he, is is he not back yet? <laughs> yes. like, I better come back later. Goodbye. And then he makes Eric and Tinker move all the furniture does. out of the hall because he's having dinner with Camilla. Oh, of course he is, yes. Oh, but God. oh, God, poor Eric. And poor Tinker as well, but really Eric. I do like the scene in the restaurant, though. Well, and basically, with the, with yeah. the, and with the customs and exercise, yeah, we, we kind of think, oh, it's probably Charlotte that's tipped them off, don't we? Yeah, I mean, And then, yeah, then Lovejoy goes really? for dinner with Camilla and, of course, Charlotte turns up. What I loved at the here same was... restaurant with Jonathan question mark. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm being really Maybe. silly. What I really loved about this scene, I kind of forgotten that she was there having dinner with a man because I was just focusing was, on her yeah. so much because it felt like the perfect segue between early to mid nineties. So do you remember last episode? Jane's hair was extra poofy and she had really oh, yes. kind of big chunky earrings in. And Charlotte has she her, she straightened her hair. She's got a scarf in her hair. She's got we'll talk about the earrings I'm sure in a second. She's got very understated earrings on, very elegant. Mm, well she's got brown lipstick. She has lipstick. very understated things in her ears. Yeah, she's got sort of brown lipstick on rather than red or pink or anything. She looks if you had to look at a picture of how she's dress and how her makeup is done and say what year Much is this you would say it? oh it's um it's 1994 but in london because i don't think that yeah. look gravitated out of london until maybe 96 <laughs> yes i did like her hair scarf i thought it was nice i like it she is very trendy i think this is why i liked her she was always very she was always very sort of trendy and she was so and elegant chic as well yeah elegant. Chic, that's the word polly you're right yeah but this is a lovely scene actually because it shows that, I mean, again, it made her quite dislikable that she's done all of this research on him and found everything out about him. And she plays what I think is always quite a low blow of the whole, and you spent time in prison. Mm. I, can I just say, it's amazing how much they managed to find out about each other without LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> well, they could... And gossip. Google. In how general. would you do yeah. it? I but suppose now, now Tinker might just... know stuff, Sam might know stuff that she could tell Charlotte and... I don't know. Yeah, they've all got the same... They've all got people in. Because also, when he meets Kate at the auction house, it's Kate, you know, the assistant, who says, oh, she's very capable and she's, uh, you know... I think she said what qualifications she's got. She's trained at Christie's. She's mm. done all of this. So he's sort of already started I, yeah. out on that. I know. I just... It just, yeah. It just made me chuckle a little bit. Cause got... But it did make me... Now it'd be so easy. You could do it in, like, two it minutes. Literally, you'd, like, oh, be, okay, like as they were driving away, you'd be like, oh, who is this person? Although you're implying he'd put prison on his LinkedIn. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, my LinkedIn is definitely not going to cover off it's the like, time I worked in an office. Where it says explain any gaps in your CV. Ah, prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's true. But it's, it's interesting. It's like, what she does, the prison thing, I agree, it's like a bit of a low blow. But she does say, you know, when she describes it, she's like, you've got no fixed abode, no bank account and no visible means of support. It does make him sound quite bad. 
doesn't it? Yeah. Does, really. I mean, all of that stuff is true. But it's so judgmental and snobbish. And at this point, I don't, I don't like her at this point, which is why I think this episode is so clever. Yeah. The way because every scene you think, oh no, but she's actually, oh no, she's a, and every scene you're changing your opinion because you're seeing little bits of quite a complex character. Yeah. And I like that. I also like the fact that because it's a woman, it's going to be his int- his love interest. You have got two male writers really making an effort to have this very complex theme. I think. Mm. Female, you know, yeah. particularly for a show that was on at like ten past eight on a Sunday yeah. evening, this quite complex, multi-dimensional female. She's character. very real, isn't she? She's like any of she us. Is. She has flaws. She's like she is, you know, not always pleasant. She's to not everyone. always very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's vulnerable. Yeah, that's great. And you see vulnerable Charlotte. My God, in series six particularly, you get a, quite a lot of vulnerable Charlotte oh. as well. Are where we... the oh, sorry, the 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 kind of veil falls off kind of thing. She gets kidnapped at one point, which she would be vulnerable being kidnapped, but she's not the ice queen. She paints herself, you know. Yeah. Sorry. No, she's. I, but so, and then this is when she says, "Oh, I've also heard you're a divvy." And yeah. Like, and then what does he divvy about her? Because she says it's a pity you're not a divvy of people, and I think he kind of is. But yes, go on. And um, what does he divvy well, but about? She, yes, well, she says that. Uh, it, She's heard that he's a divvy, and then she says, "So do, do something in here, then, because they're in this which, which, right? which we know he doesn't like to do. He yeah, doesn't he like to perform. We've seen him put to the test before. Yeah. Um. So, but he then kind of flips. He it. does sort of go like, "Oh, we're in a restaurant, like." <laughs> um. But then he divvies her earrings. Um. So it says, you know, they're, they're the date of them, what they're made of, things like that, and she's like, "Well, you know, that's not a difficult thing to work out. Like people." Like it's easy to know a bit about jewelry, and then he says that they they were actually something else. They weren't earrings. And I was like, oh, maybe from a tiara or like a repurposed necklace. That happens quite a lot. We see it on Antiques Roadshow, don't we? Or like a brooch <laughs> that's been split in two and made into earrings because they're more wearable. And he says, uh, no, they're nipple rings, Amazing. which was really weirdly nineties. Do you know what's lovely the then? When she just sort of touches rings. her ear in a slightly. Embarrassed, but she, there's some beautiful body language. Yeah, she's embarrassed at the idea of nipple rings, isn't she? Yeah, but did they have? She is. Can we just right? I understand that they had <laughs> gentle piercing in the 19th century because we all know about Prince Albert. But did they have nipple piercings as well? well I, I, I mean, I'm just wondering if it's true. He doesn't really kind of go into detail, like so, because he says they're like um, Burmese pearls or something. So I wondered, like, were they from somewhere else? Mm. You know, in some cultures, cult- nipple rings are quite exactly. Common. So from another culture, maybe, and then brought over and used as earrings. And even at the time, it was like, ha ha. Oh, people were like, I see. I was thinking about Victorian ladies or, in crinoline yeah. with pierced nipples. But oh, exactly, <laughs> which it could be as well. He doesn't really say. He does not say all oh, they because he says, which made me think it might be a joke. He said, "Oh, nipple rings." They were all the rage in the eighteen nineties. Which oh yeah, I think that's the bit that threw me out because I was I like, was well, like, really? I feel I like know. I would anyway. know about that if that was a thing. I know about Prince Albert, so wouldn't I know about... Oh, well, I mean, actually, that's not very neutral that... because women all had their nipples pierced, so... Go on, all. I mean, that's my great point, though, about Prince Albert. That's a so... good point about Prince Albert, so it makes me think, actually, maybe they were going around with pierced nipples. Who can say? Who can say? Anyway, slight nipple ring diversion there. But nipple rings feel very <laughs> 90s to me anyway. But it's interesting because, obviously, he then... It's... It, it's we're bringing something sexual into the conversation mm. or kind you know what I mean yes kind. this is true actually, and like yeah. it's kind of a bit like again it's like oh are they kind of flirting it even though they're having a conversation which is not friendly really 
they're kind of like squaring up to each other. Um, but then anyway, and then by the time they've had this conversation, Camilla's scarpered, but she has paid the bill, which yes. is her downfall. She has. It is indeed. Although she Again, would have got caught anyway what... by Charlotte. So yeah. She is, but this is what I absolutely love about this episode is there's nothing irrelevant in it. And we've had a few yes. recently where it's been like, oh, they threw that in because they had a nice joke, but they couldn't really work it in and make it relevant. You know, there's quite a lot of stuff that's in there and you think, okay, but why? Yeah. This is really tight writing. And then and then we have another, like, just more, because like you say, throughout we were introduced to these, like, potential buyers oh, of yes. the property. So, we have these buyers so we've now. had the, like, loft conversion guy, we've had it. the American... And then we get these, so because the, basically then Lovejoy gets home, that's it. And then the next scene, um, these two guys, they're not twins, but you know, they they're like look like twins, turn up I love to look this at the house. Bit so much. I mean, I, I, really I mean, like these guys. what they are, so they, they want to use it as a meditation center because they're into yogic flying. Remember that? Yeah. I yes, remember that. I wrote that down. And do you remember that The picture? natural law party. The natural yes. law. The natural law party. I was trying to remember what they were called. Natural law. That was it. Was it's basically it? where that kind of new age alternative is how it's referred yeah. to, isn't it? Um, actually, became just a little bit more mainstream and and really started being a bit of a what sort of not a trend because people it was very niche. Um, but yeah, people took the piss out. But of like it. saying, yeah, Garanga, it's delightful. Do you remember that? Say Garanga and be happy. Oh yeah. yeah. But anyway, oh. so they they talk in unison and they're very kind of they 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 were brilliant and they were talking about how you know the house needs to have the right karma and all this kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like you're saying, and to be honest, like because I think the other characters you get you know it's kind of presented as oh you wouldn't want them to buy it. Mm. But it's actually these guys. It's not. Oh said, no, it you know, would be fine. It would be yeah. a good use. I mean, like, have to shut down in 2020 the because of COVID nineteen. But apart from that, it'd be fine. And Eric even this says right. at the end, like thirty years ago, when the auction's We're happening old. at the end, Eric even says, "Oh, those yogic flying guys seem nice, you know." So they're they're, they're not presented yeah. as kind of like they're sort of laughed at a little bit, but you know, they they wouldn't have done it any damage. No. I don't think they would have played around with the building because it would have, wouldn't have been good karma. Yeah, exactly. I don't think they'd have. So yeah, they were quite funny, and this is where we discover. So then Charlotte turns up, has a go at Lovejoy because. Yeah, he shuts in the middle of the night. He shuts the door in the face of another buyer. Doesn't the loft guy comes oh, yes. back round? And he's like, "Oh, just go I away." Can't be asked with so she's pissed off at him for that. She comes around to check that he's cleared it out. She's like, "If you're not going to do it, then I'm going to do it for you." And who does she bring to help clear out the hall? Oh yes, the in massive inverted commas customs and excise. <laughs> this so is the when she's they were just her. They were just her boys. Yeah, they weren't real. It was a scam. She scammed. But I like scammer. that because. Love it. Again, though, you realise that actually her bark is worse than her bite. Yeah, or, because she took no, pains she, there to not actually get him into serious trouble. And she could have actually get, called... You yeah. Know, yeah. She's very clever. She's got him She's got him to do what she wants, but no one's any the worse off for it. That's good. That's really... It's quite political as well. Mm. Yeah, that's no, very good. And she, you get this a lot, again, in, in Series 6, um, when he's doing one of his scams, you get her saying you know it's not ethical and she she won't get involved so she's very into everything sort of being being just right and no one getting harmed yeah. and... it's like that phrase we had a while ago you know you can't con an honest man so like you know you, they, they yes. managed to con lovejoy because he is on the make um, <laughs> yeah well this is when she this is when she says it's a pity you're not a divvy of people yeah yeah but it's nice because she didn't report him and you wonder if i don't know if she already has some sort of feelings for him or actually if she's just not she doesn't see the need to be heavy-handed. It's yeah. the implication that she's a divvy of people, so she could kind of uh, yeah. judge it. Like, actually, 
you weren't being malicious when going. you were doing this. And to be honest, yeah, my dad I don't wouldn't have let you do this. this so I'm not really going to yeah. call the authorities on you. But I still need well, you to it... do what needs to happen. So I'm going to yeah. play my card. But then Lovejoy doesn't give a shit about any of that. because So they've cleared out the house. Charlotte comes around to check. It's cleared out. And then they, fill, they want to fill it up again. Lovejoy's like, right, we need to fill this house up again. Love is it because, lovely, is it just because way, he's so pissed montage. off with her for tricking him that this is like revenge or something? Which is stupid because he should actually be really grateful for her, mm. to her. For not For not dobbing him. him in. And like also by this point, because at the beginning they're like, oh, the auction's next week. So we don't know, know exactly the time frame. But basically there's only a few days till the auction. So like, is it really worth going around getting all the stuff back to put it back in? I mean, yeah. it sounds like a lot of hassle. Anyway, that's what he decides to do because he's pissed off with... Charlotte. And then anyway, they Camilla has sent um, more furniture for them to sell anyway because she doesn't know that they've cleared out. But this time, it's, it's actually all... real the real deal. It's not repros. Oh, yes. It's all real. And Eric learning that it was all real because Lovejoy kind of comes oh, in yeah. and goes, oh my oh, God. Eric. For some reason, I found it unbearably cute. It was so adorable. Well, I loved him no, sort of explaining it. what was happening. And I suppose I'm thinking the way that they make use of that character to tell us as the audience what is happening is so well done because it never feels forced and it never feels like useless exposition. It just felt really real. And I was like, oh, look at him learning. Oh, love him. Yeah, because um, at this case, like, because Eric's like, but the top matches the base. He thought he'd learn that that means it's a reproduction, <laughs> but it's like, no, in this case, that means it's real. It's more complicated Because than it's made of something different or whatever. I can't remember the reason, actually. But uh, yeah, um, so it's all real stuff, really valuable. Louis the Sixteenth. And they can't work out why she would have done it. They're like, well, maybe she's made some sort of a mistake and she's sent us the stuff that she was copying from. And Lovejoy's like, don't be ridiculous. Nobody would do that. And she sent loads of it as well. So, like, if you're... Co- yes. And um, Eric sold, sold some, some of it, of it hasn't at, he? Yeah. The, at reproduction prices because it came with the prices on. So he just sold it, like, for the... Mm. So oh, it, for a fraction. For a fraction of what it's worth. So it's all very confusing. And Lovejoy's just like, oh, maybe she made a mistake. But he seems quite chilled out about it. It's quite a weird mistake to make. Anyway, so then he... Yeah, he's on the case to try and find out. We're approaching my second piece of major geekery, which Emma's also sussed. <laughs> Or third piece of I'm hoping geekery, that it's going to lead had... to a little bit of singing, that's why. <laughs> oh, definitely will, definitely will. Sorry. So, um, and then we, go, then we cut to um, Camilla's, we go back to, well, Alfriston Hall, I'm going to call it, I don't know what it's called. Um, and Jeffrey, we find out his name, this is where we find out his name is Jeffrey. So basically, Lovejoy turns up and is like eavesdropping this argument but actually think you know we learn out that jeffrey learn that jeffrey must know that lovejoy is there otherwise he wouldn't be having this round mm. with but anyway so jeffrey is having around with the mother-in-law lady alfreson going like how could you let someone take all this furniture where's it gone they were here this morning like, all the missing furniture he's like going crazy because obviously it's worth a lot of money he's mm. like how do you know how long it's been in your family for um and he's like right camilla's gonna be really cross about this camilla come here and then camilla walks in and Camilla's not. And who is Camilla's not? Um, but it's not Camilla. Camilla. It's not the Camilla that we well, know. Well, not only is Camilla not Camilla, but who is Camilla? She's M. Johnny Briggs's mom. <laughs> she's Johnny well, Briggs's really, mom. Isn't it? That's where I recognise her from. Mam, she's Mam from Johnny Briggs. She's Johnny Briggs's mom. <laughs> <laughs> 
da. Also, was it just me? Or he was, was Johnny Pretty the most depressing? Oh, God, <laughs> it was. It was, so, it was awful. It was, it was, was really dark. It was so bleak. It, it, it was just really bleak and they and poor and just a bit. It was the, very um, of its the toothpaste time. on the cake. Oh no! But... <laughs> it was very early. Eight, it was very early to mid eighties, oh, wasn't it? Yes, it was because so I'm about a year time. older than you two, aren't I? Or maybe even eighteen. Yeah, a year yeah, older. You were about, about a year, year older. Yeah. And, um, for me, so for me, I really associate with possibly my first year at school, or certainly my first no, yeah. year of full school. So the sort of depression of having to have gone to school all day, and then you come back and literally see just the same people that you're at school with are on the telly, and you're like, oh my goodness sake. And he's, yeah, the, the toothpaste on the chocolate cake, oh, was it chocolate cake? A birthday cake, was when um, I think his older brother must have, because he's really greedy, his older brother, isn't he? He's always eating, like, the sausages or oh, eating yeah, the biscuits yeah. or whatever. And he eats the cake, and then they've got to figure out a way of it being all right, and they put toothpaste on it. Anyway, just really sticks in the five-year-old's mind. I don't remember that. I know it was... It, it, I, I was, was very little, because I watched it in my first year at school. I think it only ran to, like, 87 or something, didn't what it? What if this is a Johnny Briggs podcast? I like 85 loved like Johnny Briggs, but you're right. Looking back on it, it was pretty... Grim. There you go. I found it on online. It says Johnny Briggs is a children's BBC kitchen sink realism television. Yes, it very much is. It's, like it's right there in, in, the, in the description for reception yeah. years. <laughs> Excellent. Kitchen sink realism for yeah for five year olds. Just what you need. Just what you want there. Oh, and it, the sister was the one who ended up in cash. She was yeah. like, I loved her. She was Sue a great Devane. character. She was brilliant. Yeah, she was a great character. She was the best one in it. I, I liked her. Style. And there you go. It was, it was filmed in Bradford, so I was quite, Yeah. you know, I was a fan. And the dog was called Very Razzle. Local. I remember the that. Dog was the called dog Razzle. was called Razzle. Mum. Which amused me hugely when I found out much later on. Well, exactly. At the time, name. you're like, oh, that's the name of the dog. That's, that's a doggy name, type it, name. Maybe it's a little joke for the parents. I had to watch it. Yeah. So, but basically what happened is Camilla, who we've seen throughout and had dinner with Lovejoy, is not this woman. It's not, not Camilla. Camilla. So, so Jeffrey's this... called Camilla in and it is not her. Um, so, it's all, so it's all getting a bit, so we're like, what's going on? There's some kind of... At this point you think, what the heck? Camilla is doing something going? really embarrassing. What? So her name's Camilla, right? And then I was remembering um, there's a Red Dwarf episode called Camille where the oh, yes, yes, there is, and I start yeah. to think, oh, I expect there's some sort of Camilla in like Greek mythology who is a shapeshifter and can change, and that's why they've used Camilla as the title. Do you know what I then realised like literally five minutes later? No, it sounds like Go chameleon. On. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's all it is. I was like, why can't I remember this this? Person. But, but was, did you look it up? Was but surely chameleon might itself be from the same. Because that's a oh, yeah, it might be. Of course, didn't look word. it up. I don't I, know what that. When have I ever looked at it? No, I'm being mean. No, I just I didn't. Camilla, look it up. mythology, daughter of King Metabus. It's a bit she's like in, sounds I know a bit like Megabus. She's in the Aeneid, I think, because uh, going, like like so, um, right. going all the way back to sound like Megabus. Exactly. The daughter of Megabus. No, no I mean, anyway. anyway. So, yeah, it's just because it sounds like chameleon. Or possibly just an accident or a coincidence. It's just a name. Yeah, it's just a name. Like, Camilla. We haven't had a Camilla yet. Let's go with <laughs> yeah. that. So, um, basically, then, so we cut to Lovejoy being questioned by the police because, obviously, so Lovejoy's there when this whole reveal mm. happens. So, and, obviously, because he's the one that's received all these essentially stolen furniture, he's 
rightly being questioned by the police about it it's quite it's interestingly filmed in a bit of a sort of almost like film noir sort of yeah, way like, like yes the detective's got a hat on like a a sort of Los Angeles 1930s detective. Yeah. So, it was really weird. I knew it was all going wrong when the wrong broad walked into that hall. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've never heard you do that before. I can't, I can't do really it, good. that's why. It was not bad. Um, but, um, um, so basically they think that Lovejoy, the police's assumption is that Lovejoy scams the old lady because she's a bit forgetful and confused. Mm. He somehow scammed her, got her furniture off her. Um and that's what's happened. But they've got no evidence for this. But they just think, well, it's Lovejoy. And actually, to be fair, it's not, not something It's not Lovejoy. out of the realms of possibility, <laughs> yeah. is it? Yeah. Um, but he's like, no, honestly, he's like, I'm, I, I'm as confused as you. I don't know what's going on. It's all really weird. Um, and, yeah, so they let him go. So they've got no evidence. And he takes all the rest of... Because they've sold some of the furniture. But he takes the rest of it back to Lady Alfred. And he's, got, he's like, just, it's yours. And this is where, like you say, Paul, this is where the fact that so um, when he had dinner with fake Camilla, she ran off and but paid. So he's yes. like, aha. I'll just break I, GDPR again, as always. <laughs> yeah, I'll go back to the restaurant and get them to give me the credit card slip. Um, he just has to bung the guy at the restaurant like a few quid. And then, yeah, all thoughts of GDPR go out the window. All for, all for the greater good, though. Yeah. And you can be with GDPR if you have a good reason, you can actually. Uh, yeah, this is, you could request could you it. Would, you were, do you think this would stand up in court? Probably if you were actually a detective rather than just thinking you're one, <laughs> yeah. then yes, you are allowed to go to the restaurant and ask to see their credit card. Their credit <laughs> card transaction. Yeah. yeah, and you're actually investigating crime as in a professional way, not just because not you think you're a detective. Of this act. Please, so to be fair, Lovejoy hasn't thought he's a detective for a while. So, like, you know, this is a, it's about yeah, time. It's like, oh, Here, well. I've written loads of theories. I've just written: Is the awful husband involved? Is he trying to set up his mother-in-law, or has she somehow done it deliberately? She's clearly not senile. Yeah, I for, for ages, I thought she I thought wasn't was the senile, old lady, yeah. and that thought, she'd kind yeah. of pulled one over on him on him somehow yeah. yeah like basically to to not so he wouldn't get the furniture particularly because in the next she didn't want him to have any of the stuff so she yeah yeah I, I couldn't really figure out what was going on there to be honest because in the next scene that's where I did think the, the husband might be involved because he's the one that needs money for his gambling debt so I thought yeah. well, he's he's like that's a motive that's a motive for him but then I thought well, who is the fake Camilla anyway yeah we did basically it was it's quite good because you we find you, out fairly you, quickly. But you genuinely want, you know, it was quite again a good piece of kind of writing. It was a it, shock. Yeah, I was. wasn't expecting. It was intriguing. You really weren't expecting it. There were no hints that she wasn't. It was, yeah, it was I was going to really, say you didn't really well. Yeah, there were no hints, but at the same time, it wasn't far fetched. You didn't yes. find yourself going, "Oh, really?" Yeah. So that's not, you know, yeah. it was done. It was just done it's really well. It's probably the best surprise we've had in Love Joy. For, well, certainly, yeah, for a it was time. genuinely for a while, shocking. I was like, <gasps> "Oh, it's not her." Um... <laughs> And then, yeah, I think the reason I thought maybe the um, Lady Alfreston, the, the mother-in-law, was in on it, because then Lovejoy goes to see her, right? Unless I've missed a scene. Yeah, so he goes to Alfreston Hall and then well, I couldn't to tell take her. the furniture back. Then he says oh, to the real Camilla, oh, where's your, is your mum around? You know, I want to sort of apologise to her for this. And she's like, oh, no, she's not here. And basically, I mean, within the space, I mean, they give the impression this is like the next day. Mm, so within the, yes. I mean, I don't think you can get someone into an old people's home that quickly, I, just no. to say. I don't think you could even in the 90s. And but think, anyway, they, they have actually put her in an old people's home. Well, at this but, point, I thought the whole scam was... At this point, I decided that she probably wasn't as senile 
I flipped back and thought, Jeffrey's done this scam. And the reason he called Camilla in to say, look at these bloody chairs, was so he had a reason to go get her into an old people's yeah. home immediately now. Which is what Tinker yeah. says. That's the conclusion Tinker came to. It's the conclusion I came to. But I was still confused. Even though I've seen it before, Camilla but I'd already was. forgotten about what had happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so he goes to see her. Um, and she sees him. She's like, oh, Lovejoy. And he's like, oh, you remember me? And she says a brilliant thing. She's like... I can't remember anything. I just know. (laughs) But that's like him, isn't it? Yeah. He just knows certain things. But she believes, I mean, she believes that he swindled her because as far as she knows, like the furniture disappeared from her house. He then had it and was selling it. So as far as she's concerned, which is, again, completely reasonable, she's like, thinks that he swindled her. But this, this scene is brilliant because, I mean, it doesn't, they don't get anywhere. Like he doesn't get any answers from her because, you know, she's very confused. And he, uh, she doesn't, he doesn't manage to convince her that he didn't do it or anything. It's kind of just, you know, but um, the confusion is so, so brilliant because she sort of at one point says, oh, touch wood and knocks on the table. And then it's like, and then gets up to answer the door because she thinks someone knocks. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then she's like, am I in the right room? And Lovejoy says yes. And she's like, well, why did I knock? It's just, it's just brilliant. It's so well, it's really funny. Um, it was funny. It was kind of it sad. Was sad. Yeah, it was sad. sad. I mean, it was kind of sad. Sad at the same time, sorry, but from a purely entertainment and almost <laughs> letting Jeffrey off of his scam that I thought to get rid of his mother-in-law because I was like, it, it's just exhausting it's dealing work. with it every single yeah. day. But he was also a horrible, horrible, horrible man. Yeah, there's nothing wrong in itself oh, putting her in a home. If I mean, that's a decision that can be made. Yeah. And that's a decision that can be made, and that in itself... I mean, he did just want her out of the way, but, I mean, that in itself wasn't a bad thing. But anyway, it's quite a funny scene, but there isn't really... Oh, so the, the point of it, actually, the point of it is... The point of it is that... Um, oh, he does yeah, find stuff is out, because he finds out who she exactly. is. He refigures out who she he is. He finds out, finds out from the credit card that her name is Mrs. Webb. So, obviously, he go, asks um, uh, Lady Lady Alfreston... Alfreston. Yeah, who do you know, Mrs. Webb? And she's like, Oh no, I don't, I don't. And she's like, Oh, maybe it could be Jeffrey's mistress. <laughs> oh yes, that was it. Yeah. So, so actually, so, yeah, she was very the, useful, yeah. and she describes her, doesn't she? Yeah. So she said, Oh, you know, blonde, and, and basically gives she's a description. Totally on the ball for that particular. And then bit. he, and then it opens it up for him to go and catch them in the act, so to speak. Well, how does he know where they are? Well, well it's yeah, not big. Did is she? It, she t- he probably just. Well, he knew they yeah, were. I mean, she's... he probably did it by process of deduction, like Sherlock Holmes. They think they've got away with the scam. He... They will go to celebrate. They'll want to go somewhere that's expensive because they'll definitely want the best food and the best champagne. Maybe it will have rooms because they... I think they just follow them. Yeah. Oh, or they just follow them. <laughs> she's right. It could just be that. Yeah, could... I mean, it could but be. But before that, we I'd get to that point, them. I mean, at this point, like you missed a bit where well, it's just the... to get to that point. There's because at this point, there's still no proof of anything. You know, like. Mm. There's a mistress who maybe looks a bit like this fake Camilla. Uh, and actually, Lovejoy is still in trouble with the police. In fact, he's now even more in trouble with the police because they've seen him. Vis- I guess they've got Lady Alfreston maybe under surveillance or whatever. Oh, yes, they of course. know that he's visited her and she's the chief witness. So it looks like he's trying to, well, as they say, nob- witness nobble her. Yeah. 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 So he's in big trouble. Um, and then this is where then Lovejoy is like, no, no, no. I th- that's why he says to the police, look, I found this out. I know who this fake this woman who bought the furniture was. I think it might be a ruse by Jeffrey to get hold of the estate. So, it's, it's, it, you know, and then actually Charlotte helps him out. Does she turn up at the, oh, at yes. the same time the police are there or something? I can't remember exactly how it unfolds. 
Oh, that's right. She turns up because she again is coming to say that get this furniture out. <laughs> yeah. But you yeah, she is. She is. I mean, she's remarkably invested in this because she has got. She has got her police contact to trace the registration numbers of all the cars. Oh yeah, and how of they course. know. I mean, which ones were suppliers and which ones were buyers? I don't know, but trace the all the suppliers of this furniture. And one of them is so obviously one of them will be this Mrs. Webb. So they've now got her. I suppose address they would know because it would be linked to a car that had like furniture transporting capabilities. Yeah. I'm or maybe... really overthinking today. I don't know why. It's <laughs> not a big car. <laughs> or maybe it's just like they saw it's the people that they saw turning up with furniture. And then yeah. so Char- so Charlotte's um giving him the last piece of the puzzle and then he just kisses her on the lips to say thank you. Yeah, because I mean, you because she you. thinks she's being like, oh, I've traced all your suppliers. I'm going to get them as well. I'm going to report them as well. I'm going to report them for real this time. And he's like, oh, amazing, and kisses her. <laughs> she's very confused. But yes, yeah, so this is where it's kind of like, um, so they, like you said, this is where. So he obviously takes this information, which is actual factual information. Then at this point, well, still not proof that Jeffrey and that they're having an affair. Yeah. And I guess the, they get that pretty quickly. They must convince the police somehow. Convince the police to to go and catch Jeffrey and Mrs. Webb, and the real Camilla goes with them as well. It's all a bit like I'm not sure. But again, is it, Charlotte slotting into that slightly influential role that Lady Jane slotted mm. into? Of she is a reliable witness and a reli- and an upstanding citizen and uh you know all of these sorts of things yeah you know does she have more sway with going well actually look this is basically and it is basically fraud you know they're looking into fraud which she seems quite big on so uh yeah and you know also works for the plot um but well, most importantly, <laughs> plot. so they're as, as em said they're celebrating jeffrey and mrs webb his mistress are celebrating because jeffrey's managed to also in the midst of all this get power of attorney for the mother-in-law again obviously because she's you know, not capable to make her own decisions. Um, and then um, M- Mrs. Webb, we don't find out her first name, do we? Mrs. Webb, um, maybe it's Camilla. Maybe it's Camilla. <laughs> um, Mrs. Webb is like, oh, and now the final piece of the puzzle, you can divorce your wife. And he's like, oh, uh, um, yeah, leaves mm, out of it. Yeah. So, well, we do yeah, a couple of years. It'll look a bit dodgy if we do it now. I'm like, oh, God. Men. Men. <laughs> So, so they're like, ha, 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 ha. And then, as I say, Lovejoy and the police and the real Camilla all turn up to, you know, catch them. And that's... So then they're... And that's it. That's it. All's well that ends well. They're Just got one rights. more. They're bang to rights, but there is still the, the small matter of the sale of Felsham Hall. <laughs> it, this is so lovely, though, because it's almost like the curtain call. You get all these funny little cameos who've been in throughout, or like the, the nice yogic flyers in their matching clothes mm. and their yeah. little yellow jumpers, and then the guy in his... Is he in a cowboy hat? Yes, yeah, he is. Yeah, man yeah. from He's Wyoming. Full. And then Camilla, the real Camilla, is there, isn't she? Or is she? Is this a different time? So is this before the auction? I don't know. Um, but, but, oh, no, the real Camilla is there, I think. And we find out, anyway, from the real Camilla that Jeffrey's going to prison and she's divorcing Hooray! him. Hooray! Woo! So it's all good. Good for and her. And then finally someone really does get their comeuppance, yeah. which I think is great. And then it's auction day and Charlotte's, like, describing the lot and, like, you know, waxing lyrical about it. And there, all I couldn't... Go and on, can take just, like, behind her, just lounging on the windowsill. Is that... <laughs> oh, yeah. A thing? Is that normal? <laughs> yeah. 
But I, do you know what got me about this was the fact she opens the bidding at seven hundred thousand. Yeah, you can get a two bed flat in Camden for that, and it this is a the massive. Hearts, how many bedrooms it? must they have in? I mean, I know it sells for a lot more than that, but even then, it sells for what you'd get a flat in Hampstead for, like a posh or a house. So yeah, but, but the, yeah, she starts it quite low. I guess that's what you do in an auction. But you're right, it starts yeah, suppose, yeah. very low. Um, and then Tinker shows himself to be maybe a little bit of a snob when he says, oh, I hope it's an aristocrat. Yeah, I, I hope the person wants... who buys it, because they don't know who buys it, because um, the Texan is bidding quite high, but then he gets outbid by a phone bidder, so we don't see Yes, who of is. course, they don't know who's on the end of the phone. And yeah. Although we can probably guess. I mean, you can guess, can't you? We knew, I suppose, because we've all seen it since yeah. then. Well, I knew, because you told but us last, last I time. I knew, because you told us, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have known. So if I hadn't so, have known, I wouldn't have guessed who it was. For anyone who's listening and hasn't watched it, one, two, three. Charlie, Charlie Gilbert. As I put in my notes, it's Gimbert. <laughs> I've written so predictable, Charlie in capital letters. And uh, he's a dick. Yeah, he though, immediately isn't he? It's wants like to he kick cannot, Eric and Tinker out. He cannot wait to lord it over what he sees as the little people, yeah. which I think is I think despicable. I wouldn't have understood it was Charlie because I didn't think I realised he was that wealthy. Like, I knew he had money. Yeah, I mean, but... I did love the house that Charlie lives in. Uh, I was going to say at the moment, he's not real, Emma. Um, before he's he buys Emma. Hall, the house that he was in, I loved that house. I don't know why he'd want to move. Apart Maybe he's from not. He probably doesn't move, he's probably off. just acquiring. Yeah. yeah, he might not want it. We don't know what he wants it for. Like, he hasn't... Oh, yeah, it never occurs to me... Sorry, it really literally never occurs to me that people can buy property not to move into. That's just beyond my realm of understanding. <laughs> I'm like, well, why would you buy it if you weren't going to live in it? <laughs> I don't get it. Um, but, but basically, yeah, because Felsham Interiors has been sold as part of the hall, because it's a going concern as a business, then so effectively now Charlie Gimbert is the boss... Of Eric and Tinker and Lovejoy, but he fire he fires Eric and Tinker immediately. On the spot. Is that right? Sing you up, off you go, bye bye. It's so horrible. But then Charlotte kind of saves the day. She does, and I think oh, and this is where I think yeah, no, I do like her. I remember now why I mm. like her. Um, because she suggests, well, there are stables over there. You could use those as a workshop, and and it just it's very practical. Yeah, it's all kind of all works well, out. Yeah. And then it, it goes sad again. Yeah, because because oh, they no, all, they but... will decide. Okay, actually, you know, you can keep these guys working for you. They can use the stables, and that's all. That's all fine. So Charlie's persuaded very easily by Charlotte. Maybe he fancies her a bit as well. I don't yeah. Know. And then um, so they're like, this calls for champagne. So obviously, Lovejoy goes up to the attic where he's just kept the champagne. He hasn't moved Aww. it. Because he's too and sad about it. Nostalgic. Well, he's he's kept it there because he's actually a big old softy. Yeah. And uh, and he has a bit of a reminisce about Jane, and then Aww. and then Charlotte comes to find him in the attic, Aww. and they have a moment. Yeah. He swigs Aww. out the bottle, and then she swigs out the bottle. You wouldn't do that with COVID, would you? No. Uh, even no, as I was watching it, I remember being like, "Oh, drinking straight out of the bottle." Me saying this, who's definitely swigged directly uh, from several exactly, from bottles of fizzy wine. <laughs> In my time, and yeah, it's quite, it's funny how quickly I've turned to absolute disgust at the idea of someone doing that. <sighs> and he says, uh, "Who is it who says?" Charlie says, "Where well, are, what are you? you doing, Lovejoy? Where are you, Lovejoy, or something?" Oh yeah, he says I'm drinking champagne in the attic with a total stranger. And it was the pause that did it for me because he goes, "I'm drinking champagne yes. in the attic," and then there's like this meaningful pause, and he goes, "With a total stranger." And I, th- it was beautifully yeah, done. Yeah, and I think it that, really was going all the way back to what you said at the beginning, Polly. I think that 
was the bit that made you realise, gosh, this is a really significant episode. Charlotte's going to come yeah. back because it's mirroring what happened the first time it was he lovely. kind of linked up with Jane. Exactly. Yeah, it was yeah. really good. It was Aww. very nice. Although, though, I mean, I think both of them seem to be, I mean, not that, that there is obviously this hint of, of a romantic connection. And it's like, you know, Jane's just gone. Who's, I mean, Charlotte was out for dinner with some guy and there's Jonathan, yeah. which could be the dinner guy or could be another mm. guy. So, you so know, they're both, they're both just like, whatever. And there endeth the tale. Yeah. What did we learn? Oh, I feel like I learned quite a lot, but I can't think of any of it off the top of my head. Um, I, I learned I know far too much about what other people have been in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I learned that if you're having an affair, you should also always pay in cash. Yeah. That was really stupid. I don't know why she that was That was really cars. stupid. She wasn't a very good scammer. I guess she had just been roped in by Geoffrey. Just yeah. like, yeah, she probably wasn't, it probably wasn't her profession. Um, <laughs> no. Professional oh, well scammer. done for defending the sister hotel. And I'm sorry that I didn't think of that. I feel a bit bad now. But still, still everybody <laughs> well, remembers she's not cash. very sisterly, like having an affair with <laughs> another man. Oh yeah, true. I forgot about that husband. <laughs> Not particularly. I think... I learned that you, and we know this really, but you shouldn't judge a person by, a person is not always what they seem and you shouldn't judge them by a first encounter. Mm. Because first impressions, and we all do, we all to an extent judge people by a first impression. Or, you know, you'll go back and go, oh, I don't like that person because they once said this thing to me. And you think, well, maybe they're having a bad yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, you're a bit like a there. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. a reminder, yeah. isn't it, that people, which we, we know. You shouldn't make. Like, we know in... Is this that it's whole thing, isn't it? Like we, see, that. we see the outside of everyone else and we see the inside of ourselves. So, like, when we have a bad day and stuff for people, we don't, you know, we're like, oh, I'm having a bad day. It's Whereas, very deep, you know, Helen. I enjoyed that phrase. It's very deep. We see the we're outside of everyone else and inside of ourselves. Beautiful. Or oh, we're plausibly deep when we haven't had alcohol. <laughs> when we've had alcohol, we think we're being deep. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually was quite interested in the stuff about, so I always find the actual antique stuff quite interesting. <laughs> you geek. So I was quite interested when they were talking about, yeah, the... Um, the reproduction furniture and how you could tell it's reproduction and like how so it's quite interesting idea that how something matching actually meant it wasn't matching so I you know learned about that and the, the thing they were doing was setting fire to the wood you know there was, mm. you could smell if it's made of horn or if it's got varnish on it or something I was like oh interesting, interesting. it was a little window into their world their actual yeah. professional world rather than all the other bit that we've been privy to Antique of the week? Can I have yogic flying? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's very good. Um, I just, I want to have Charlotte's nipple rings. They were, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. They were actually very beautiful as they well. Were they were lovely. Soft. They did yeah. look like nipple rings as well, like modern nipple rings as well. <laughs> um, I think mine would be, so actually the furniture that was nicked was very like the chairs in particular mm. the louis 16th chairs i would have four of those um louis they'd be lovely um, louis says dining chairs to go in my uh dining room please and then we can come round and record in person on the chairs yes, yes. one day one day what else marks out of 10 Ooh, marks out of ten. I think you two are going to go higher than me because you both really liked it. I mean, I did like it. I really it. liked I it. I loved I it. Um, it still felt a little bit like a bridging episode to me, I suppose, of like, and now here is Charlotte, and this is what Charlotte is like. And although I liked the Camilla confusion, so I'm going to give it an eight. I'm going to give it an eight, I think, as well. 
Because it's not quite nine territory. I've given nines. I've been quite picky with my scores. Yeah, I think I'm going to get 8.5 because I really enjoyed it. And I did, like... Actually, I might as, as well. I, then, as I mentioned, now, like, the plot really gripped me. And I was really like, what's going to happen? It was well-paced. You know, we didn't have that thing of, like, okay, the auction all happened right at the end. But that was not really integral to the plot. You know, the actual pace of the rest of it was was even. Like, it wasn't like everything happened in the last ten minutes. Yeah. Um, it was genuinely surprising. Like I said, I was genuinely shocked at the reveal oh. of Camilla. Like I was, yeah. I was interested in the story. There was good elements of humour with like all the different people wanting to buy the um, the hall. It just I think it had everything. I really enjoyed it. So yeah. But hmm, and as I'm talking, I'm like I really liked it. Maybe I would even. <sighs> no, I'm going to stick with eight point five because, like you say, nines are. I'm excited Special. to see what happens next and see the development of Charlotte. That would be brilliant. Yeah. Because I did yeah, like her. Well, I mean, she does develop her. very well. And I think what I like about the character is you're still finding out about her in uh, quite a lot later on. You know, in series six, she's developing. You're finding out more things about her. Yeah. You're surprised by her. But not. But you're not surprised in a way that you think, oh, this is inconsistent. Yeah. Mm. It's really Ooh. good. Well, we're well on the road with series five, aren't we? so you can that's the end of it for today from us um but you can follow us yes. online at lovejoy apod on instagram and twitter um or you can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash lovejoy actually for access to um i'm glad you remember all this with such a plum <laughs> yeah. you can f- see pictures of us actually moving on there rather than just hearing our voices um and you can buys a drink on coffee which is ko-fi.com for such software actually and we'll see you again uh, in a couple of weeks bye bye, bye. let's tell